to do and when to do it. Just because you're in the producer seat doesn't mean you know what you're doing. When was the last time we ever had a producer in that seat that knew what he was doing? Because we've never had one. Just you. And welcome everybody to episode number, uh, did we make 30? I think so, I feel like this is like an ongoing embarrassment for me where I never know what episode number we're on, but episode number 30 of the Chopheads MMA podcast, I got myself, I got my boy Tommy D, the Reverend in the building, live from Flipping Made Easy Studios in Matawan, beautiful Matawan, New Jersey, coming off of a big weekend of MMA, combat sports in general with the Canelo and um, Caleb Plant fight. UFC 268, and Tommy spent his weekend, I don't even know what we would call that, what what would we call that, I, you say pro wrestling, I say what the, uh, like a sideshow slash circus, I don't know what is going on. No, it was, it was pro wrestling, it was a lot of fun, man. I know, we, we agreed that, um, well, we didn't agree, but I told Tommy <laughs> that I was going to make fun of him heavily before this episode, because two things, one, I had a fucking rough weekend. I could I could see that I could sense that, and then Mondays are just those. Aside from the fact that it's Monday and it's the beginning of the work week, Mondays for me in particular are are a drag, and I don't I don't mean that in a bad way towards anybody that I have to spend my Monday with, but it's just like the heaviest day as far as workload. I'm trying to make this not sound like I'm taking penis into my <laughs> off my face right now. Um, but it's just the, it's the hardest day for me to get through. I got Jimmy Palumbo for two shows. And then I have to stop what I'm doing, essentially. And I'm in my flow. And I got to wait two hours for your fucking bitch ass to get here. See, now, in that time that you're waiting for me, I'd be passed the fuck out. Yeah, but it doesn't work that way. Because the more I sleep during the day, which is just impossible for me anyway, my mind doesn't work that way. I need to smoke a massive amount of weed to be able to smoke uh, sleep during the day. And... The problem is if I smoke a massive amount of weed, then I won't get anything done. That said, we're here. UFC 268 just happened. So we have a lot to talk about. Yes, we do. Um, but first, we'll get into your embarrassing weekend. What did you do this weekend, Tommy? Tell the people. Oh, I was covering the MLW event at the uh, the old ECW arena in Philly. It was a lot of fun, man. You know, uh, Dave's boy... Uh, Casey Navarro was was wrestling there. Um, Sam Fatu's son, everybody remember him as the Tonga Kid, and uh, he's also the Rock's cousin, one of the Rock's like five hundred and eighty five cousins he has in the wrestling business. It was a lot of fun covering it for Fight Book. Well, that's good. I don't know of anybody that you just mentioned. You were like everybody remembers this person. I don't remember uh, wrestling fans know who I'm talking about. So you got to be a hardcore fan. This is like Dunn Arena style, <laughs> Dunn <right>? Arena. <laughs> the, um, I remember watching the Road Warriors against Abdul the Butcher, and I would say 1986. Abdul the Butcher. He was an MLW wrestler. <laughs> there you go. So I'm on to something there, but. My and weekend. I was watching, and I was watching the fights. I have the fight on one phone as I'm taking pictures. So you were <clears throat> you were pulling the Dana White. Yep, where you were sitting. And everybody saw Dana White watching the. Yep, that's in the old rundown. Oh, there. is it? Let's so that's what happens we when just, I, we, we spill the old beanery. That's what happens so. when the when I don't read your pathetic rundown because usually there's nothing worth noting inside the rundown. And in this case, the only thing that I'd say, did you actually talk about the? 
Yeah, see, this is bad. This is bad. We're, you know what? Let's just do the rundown. And now it's time for the Reverend's Rundown because then I get to make fun of it as soon as it's done. So go ahead. Fuck. Why? Wait, what's wrong? Now I don't want to do it. Why? No, no. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a bit. All right, everybody. This week's Reverend Rundown is brought to you by Fightbook MMA, your worldwide leader in combat sports, health and fitness, and pro wrestling news. You can find them at www.fightbookmma.com and on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and indeed at Fightbook MMA. It's time for the Reverend's Rundown. Who the fuck is that guy? All right, everybody, in Bellator 270 news, Patricky Pitbull silences the Irish crowd this weekend by knocking out Peter Quilly with a barrage of punches to capture the vacant Bellator lightweight championship. Conor McGregor wannabe James Gallagher gets submitted in the third round by Patchy Mix. Gallagher was having a great fight until he got caught. I guess that's what happens when Dylan Dennis teaches you jujitsu. In Dylan Dennis news, once again, he proves he is MMA's bitch because he got slapped backstage at UFC 268 by major MMA manager Ali Alabdezi. So far, Dennis has been bitch slapped by PFL women's champion Kayla Harrison, choked out by a Seaside Heights bouncer named Chance, and as reported, bitch slapped by a manager. Canelo Alvarez becomes the first unified super middleweight champion by winning this decision this weekend against Caleb Plant. UFC president Dana White was spotted watching the Canelo fight during the championship fight with Rose Namajunas and Wei Li Zhang. It is reported that Dana had betted $100,000 on the Canelo fight. This analyst believes Dana was streaming the shit out of that match illegally. Nate Diaz finally responds to social media about Kamzat's callout. The Diaz brother was quoted saying, when he beats Adesanya, then I will fight him. Ladies and gentlemen, that is your reverence rundown. Here comes the shit fest from Chris Gucci. All right, so the only real problem that I have is that, that you would announce the fact that Canelo Alvarez becomes the first. Like, obviously, we're going to talk about that in the meat and potatoes of the show. So, like, that was going to be its own segment on its own. So you well, have to make the announcement. we talk about boxing in a That's segment. That's not true. That's not true. Any of the t- anytime that it's a big fight, we do. Um, but that's besides the point. I mean, besides that, it was a good job. There's a few things that you didn't mention. Um, where Conor McGregor talking about the takeover times two or something. Who was the, the guy that won in the UFC this weekend? The Irish guy. Now I'm fucking it up because I don't remember his name. Either way, we're off to a rocky start today because <laughs> you are you are fucking. I'm bringing. Angry. I'm, I'm not really that angry. I'm hungry. I need to smoke weed more so than anything. What do you not have any? I I do, but if I smoke weed before the podcast, when I haven't eaten, it's just gonna get hairy. Like things are gonna get rough. Now that things are gonna get rough now. Things are rough as it is, but trust me, right now. I won't be able to speak. I'll have my sinuses will be all fucked up. So I mean, if you want to smoke, I have a tube steak smothered in underwear for you if you're really that hungry. <laughs> like it, it took me a second to even understand. And you just said, if you want to smoke, I have a tube steak smothered in underwear. So, like, am I supposed to smoke the steak? You fucked up the joke. That's why you don't tell jokes, Tommy. You can't try and come at me and make things funny. When we're going at it, you just got to sit there and, and take it because I don't lose these these battles. All right. Um, the rest of my notes coming from the lackluster Reverend's Rundown. Uh, you mentioned Nate Diaz. Uh, Nate Diaz is talking that he, he wants the winner 
of the Colby and Usman fight, he put a tweet out and, you know, put a target on, on the head of, I guess, both of them. So I guess Nate Diaz is looking for an Usman fight in his in his UFC finale, which is not going to happen. Um, nothing else. I wouldn't no. mind seeing him and Colby, though. That would be, I think the pre-fight stuff with those two would be hysterical. Yeah. So now I have a question. Since you weren't able to watch even the UFC event live, right? I watched it live. You watched you, but it was tough. You had to you had to play the the whole record with your phone and then watch the stream on your other hand with your phone. So you weren't able to watch any of the Canelo fight. No, no, right? Okay, so then maybe I guess it's a good job that you didn't put it in the that you put it in the rundown because now we don't have to waste our time talking about it because you don't even know what happened. I mean, I was getting round by round. I get the round by round breakdowns and and updates. I think overall, Plant. Is, is on his way to being a really good fighter. Very good defensive young. fighter. Young guy. Uh, I, w- I don't know if he's that young, but young in, in terms of his fighting career. He's well, what's he, 21 and 0? Or 20, 21 and 1 21 now? 21 and 1 now. But yeah, going into the fight, I, I gave him no chance. I thought it was going to be over very, very early, and he lasted 11 rounds, uh, 10 and a half rounds, I guess you could say. Um, and they had a nice little exchange uh, that I saw this morning. There was audio from ringside that picked up where Caleb Plant was kind of talking to him. He's like, you know, uh, I'm impressed by your skills. He's like, how about you? Are you impressed by me? And Canelo was like, yeah, (laughs) you know, like you're good. And he was like, yeah, you're good too. And Canelo was like, I know. (laughs) Like it was, it was the most basic conversation (laughs) that they were just kind of like exchanging pleasantries in the middle of a, of a, of a fight. Yeah. Cool stuff. But definitely Caleb Plant and, uh, earned Canelo's respect. No After need. the weigh-in, you wouldn't have thought there would be any pleasantries. Yeah, you know, but that's what happens in that's what happens in combat sports when you go when you get a few hard rounds together. Yeah. We'll talk about that later on, which mm. I thought was interesting as well. But right now, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to get into the UFC 268, top to bottom, through and through. Undercard was a banger. Frankie Edgar. Ooh. But we'll get to all that when we come back. Hey, Chop Sports family, it's Jimmy Palumbo here. I am doing a stand-up show on November 27th, Saturday of Thanksgiving weekend at 7.30 p.m. at the Carteret Performing Arts and Event Center with great comedian Mike Marino. Phone number 877-849-2722 for tickets. Again, 877-849-2722, November 27th, 7.30. Jimmy Palumbo and Mike Marino live from Carteret, Central New Jersey's in the house. All right, everybody, we are back and we are going to talk about the meat and potatoes of uh, of this past weekend's event. I, I, you know, I know I didn't get the chance to watch the prelims, but from all the updates and everything I was getting on my phone, it seemed like the prelims were just as exciting as the main card. So basically this entire event was a unicorn that yeah. comes around every once in a while where, I mean, I'll give the event a 10 for as many knockouts as they were getting in the in the prelim. Now, obviously, it was kind of a, a home team heavy prelim. But when you have, a, when you have an event that is, is loaded and we talk about stacked card, mm-hmm. I know you don't like it, but this was a stacked no, this card. this was a stacked but card. But when you have a card where it's supposed to be good and it delivers, and then not only does it deliver, but even the prelims, there was six straight... KOs. Six straight. Seems uh, MSG brings out like the best in these guys, you know? Well, it makes sense because you're fighting on what I think is the biggest stage 
Absolutely. Even though Vegas is the fight capital, it's still the there's a lot of fights in Vegas over the year. Only one UFC goes to the Garden a year, right? Yeah, but you also got to think about the history of the Garden. You know, the the Ali fight. Well, that's and, what I'm getting yeah. at. It's it's like if I had to pick. Now I'm not Sean O'Malley here, but if I had to pick, like I, you get to fight in Vegas all the time. You might make more money. The taxes are better, et cetera, et cetera. But I want to fight in the Garden at least once in my career. I've never even been to the Garden, so. Never been to the Garden? Mm -mm. Wow. wow. Nope. I went to see a Rangers game, but i never seen anything else there. I've never even been to that because, you know, the, the owner of the Rangers is a jerk-off, and he just price gouges the shit out of those tickets. Yeah, well, we're not here to talk about. Dolan, that's his name, right? Yeah, James Dolan. Dolan. We're here to talk about Dana White and how he gyps all the... No. <laughs> but like on a night like this where you have six six knockout finishes just on the prelims alone, and that's before you even get to the main card, right? Which the main card was loaded. I don't want to sit here and say that the UFC is unfair about the way they give bonuses, but because sometimes they do step up. But how do you pick KO of the night? How do you pick fight of the night? It's like when when you come out on top the way the UFC did, I feel like you owe it to all of the fighters on the card that kind of delivered and made yeah. you this unicorn card. Throw them a bonus, man. Throw them a bonus. Don't be James Dolan. Don't be don't be that guy, Dana. Right? Yeah, and it's funny when when they were showing the uh, the card for December. That's just as stacked, too. Now, it's December. I understand it's a month away, but we know how the, the MMA universe works where this card is stacked and then this fight drops off, then this fight drops off, then this fight drops off. But this might be the first time in a long time where the, the two numbered events were beyond stacked and could possibly beyond deliver. As long as the December 11th card stays the way yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And I anticipate it staying that way. We're, we're not really, I mean, knock on wood, with all the COVID things, with all the, UFC has had a pretty pretty decent run of late. Like I can't think of the last card that was completely blown up. And now, obviously, I don't believe in jinxes and karma and all that stuff, but here I am saying it. Watch the next card gets completely shitted on. <laughs> Probably as we're finished recording, usually what happens is we, we talk about something and then, Unbeknownst to us, it becomes news within fucking an hour. And we're like, you know, like, I'm like, Tommy, did you hear something about that? He's like, no. Well, watch what happens now. UFC 269 is going to get obliterated yep. <laughs> by COVID and injuries and not making weight. But um, overall, bro, great card. Like we said, six straight knockouts highlighted probably by... Uh, I can't even think of his name, and I'm going to kill myself when I... Well, not actually, but I'm going to be mad at myself when you say it, but the the big heavy that, that knocked out Jan Vellante, right? What What's his name? I even got a text from Scoop as it happened, but it, a wheel kick yeah. from a guy that's like... It looked like he's like 5'11", 275, but... A lot of it, it, it's funny, though, because they asked him, like, how, how do you do that? He goes, I imagine myself being skinny. <laughs> And it's Chris Barnett, ladies and gentlemen. That's it, Chris, Chris Barnett. Barnett. Um, and I don't. I'm, I'm also upset with myself because I just read about it or read it and watched the fight the other night. Who's the guy that knocked out Ally Quinta? Bobby Green. Bobby Green. Yes, Bobby Green. Another guy where a name. He's been around for a long time. Can't really seem to make his. He's but every time pack. he fights, he he's a he's a tough out. And beating a guy like Ally Quinta, who 
was in a fight with Khabib, you know, it's probably his biggest win of yeah, his career. Yeah, but you got to think about it. Ally Kinta was in a fight with Khabib in 2000, what, 16? Yeah, don't get me wrong. You, you know, like, Volante's taken a, a decent amount of time off and jumped up to heavyweight, and Al doesn't really need to fight. He, he fights when he feels like it. He's making that money as a real estate agent. It, it sucks to see them lose in New York. Yeah. Um, especially Al, because, I mean, how do you not love Ally Akinta? You know what I mean? Uh, you know, but Gian, he might have lost, but he still got paid $21,000 from Venom because Venom has been one of his sponsors from Jump. So at least he got to make some coin and he retired now. So hopefully he gets to just kick back and enjoy retirement. I don't know what he's doing with himself other than fighting these days, but. Bro, I'm sure he's coaching. I'm sure he's got a lot going on with, with the whole team. Weidman's out of there, right? He's down south now. So South I'm sure, Carolina, I'm sure yeah. he's doing work with, with the Longo Sarah team. Same thing that he's always been doing, I would imagine, right? So, speak, it, it, Not to cut you up, but speaking of the Longo Sarah team, you know Eddie Gordon got into a fucking argument with those fuckboys from TikTok, the Island boy, those, those fucking retards? Um, you're not allowed to use the R word. Those rejects? Um... I didn't know that. I don't even know who you're talking about, if I'm being completely honest. Oh. Oh. So, is it, it's like, all right, I'm not going to talk about this. I refuse to give this any any play because I don't, if I don't know what it is, then it's real bad because I'm, I pretty much am, have a good pulse on what's happening pop culture-wise. Definitely more so than you do. But just tell me now if it's the twins that look like. Yes. The, all right, so then we're not talking to Sideshow Bob. Yes. Twins. Right. Yes. All right. Simpsons characters, twins. Sideshow Bob mixed with Takashi 6ix9ine and like Kodak yes. Black. Yes. Twins. All right. So now we're not talking about that. All right. Eddie Gordon, if you ever get a chance to bury these two, please do it. If not, uh, but we'll we'll talk about it then. But right now, I can't. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was just, can't it was just it, in bro. the back of my head. I, I talked can't to do Eddie it. the other day. We can, however, it. talk about one of Eddie's teammates and, um, and you know, I wouldn't say he's a friend of the show because he's not. But just a friend of everybody's friend of Frankie Edgar in New Jersey, correct? Um, look, I'm not here to talk shit. You know my stance on Frankie. I come off as the antagonist because you look, get he was, upset you know, by he, it. He had a good fight. He was winning the fight. Well. Um, until that third round when I think Cheeto, Cheeto turned I it think on. Cheeto Vera has, has been, I don't know how many UFC wins he has, but I think it's somewhere about seven or nine wins. But either way, it's either he's been, he lost the first round in seven of his nine UFC victories or something like that. So Cheeto Vera is a slow starter, typically, right? Um, it's tough doing that in three-round fights, though. Yeah, but with, with that's... the way judges are. Even, even more so why it's a crazy stat to me is, like, when you're... He's not fighting in these championship fights. He's not fighting in main events where he gets... He, he drops the first round and something happens in the corner where he, he just flips a switch. A type of guy that needs to get hit a few times, apparently, yeah. right? And, um, but, bro... Anderson Silva-esque vintage front kick KO. I know going into the fight, going into the weekend, Frankie was dismissing any talk of retirement, which I expect to hear from a fighter that's getting ready for a fight, especially somebody like Frankie who you know has always had to prove himself a little bit more than the rest because you call it his size. He's fighting you know big guys at 155. A guy that's making, they said this on the on the broadcast the other day on the telecast. A guy that makes 135 as easy as Frankie does has no business ever being the 155-pound champ, right? A guy 
that's 40 years old has no business being ranked in the top 10 at a weight as as small as even shout out to Dom for the same thing. You know, a weight like 135. These guys move fast. The 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 skill sets, we'll say. I don't even want to say the skill set because skill set you could develop over time, but just the attributes that they're bringing yeah. to the table, size, speed, agility, for you to be able to compete at the level that Frankie's doing it at is a testament in itself. That said. Yeah, you know, man, um, if he was a, even I'd say a, from middleweight up, his age might not really matter that much. These lighter weight guys, you know, and, and I was having this discussion with a mutual friend of, of Frankie and I uh, before the fight. Uh, you know, we were having this talk, and you know, as we both said, like, these lighter weight guys are coming in, they're young, they're hungry, they're, they're beyond surpassing what the lighter weights was, even as lightweight, you know, even lightweight 10, 15 years ago. You think about, like, Uriah Faber. Remember when he was coming up? Everybody thought he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Now you're getting these lesser weight fighters, and they're... Dude, they're they're amazing. They could, they could do it all. And and I don't well, a lot of it too is because you're there's no such thing as like a 140 pound NFL player. So the premier athletes in the country at that weight typically are fighters, correct? Or soccer like, players. Or, I mean, but not even so because the United States isn't good at soccer. You know, but <laughs> they try. But <laughs> the to the point that I'm making is like even in soccer, bro, trust me, these guys are big. If you think soccer players are just running around at 140, they're not fucking playing in the in the champion. Like somebody, league, somebody, you know? Frankie size at 135 pounds, he should be a jockey on a horse at the Meadowlands well, racetrack. That, to the point that I'm making is bigger athletes, they play different sports. So the best fighters in the world usually like 170 is like the threshold for me. If you're mm -hmm. fighting at 170, if you're fighting yeah, at welterweight, then you could be a pro athlete, but you're typically like the wide receiver or the shortstop. Like you're the good athlete. I think that's where the cutoff is. But as you get heavier, you know, there you might be able to extend your career in terms of agility, but the problem is now you're getting hit with harder shots. So your brain goes. So it's really I guess you could look at it He's two also ways. like 5'7", yeah. so like it wouldn't... He, he would basically be... If he were to jump up and wait, he would be a Matt Sarah, but a Matt Sarah at 40 yeah, years and, old. And I think, I think to the point we're both trying to make here, and I don't want to ever tell somebody to retire, but I don't think that it's really... I, there's not much more I need to see out of Frankie to prove it to me. I understand the whole contract thing, but really, like, let's be real about Listen, this. Listen, man, you know, Derek Brunson said it perfect on Instagram. I mean, honestly, it was it was probably one of the best things that I read. You know, he was saying, he goes, I really don't want to see a 40-year-old Frankie Edgar in the cage anymore. He goes, maybe one more time. Yeah, right? just because it's Frankie, you give him right. one more on his and terms. My feeling is, and this, this is coming from me, and I was thinking about, look, I, I was watching that fight. I told you that, you know, off the record that I did not think he was going to win, right? And this is coming from me, who's been a Frankie fan since the Ring of Combat days. For me, he if he stopped, like, he doesn't owe us dick. He owes us nothing. He owes the UFC nothing. He owes Dana White nothing. And nobody, and I don't, owes I don't himself think, nothing. I don't think anybody thinks that he does, and I don't think even Dana White is, is calling for another Frankie Edgar fight. I think that he'll give him whatever he wants because yeah. of what he's done. Been a company guy since day one, but, look, 
We don't need to even talk about it anymore. We we're in lockstep. All we need to say is first ballot Hall of Famer. We're in lockstep on Frankie yeah. Eggers' career. First ballot uh, Hall of Famer. You're a bigger fan than me, but I acknowledge logged that. in logged in the most octagon time. Had probably the best trilogy fight. One of the best trilogy fights in MMA. He was a constant highlight. Reel. I almost I almost busted out a joke and I almost pulled out the eulogy music and did my own towards Frankie with you. But honestly, I won't even do that to your boy. Uh, Frankie's better than that. He deserves more than that. Yeah, and you know, like you had said before, he was fighting in the, the lightweight division. He was walking around, because he told me this, at 156 pounds. Yeah. You had guys walking around at 180, cutting down to 155, and he was picking them All up right, and he so, was beating them. Um, if you want, you could tell another uh, story about Frankie that are, people already knew that I already said on this podcast. So we'll talk about, maybe he, we could talk about how he beat BJ Penn twice. We could just keep talking about Frankie all night long if you'd like. Three times he beat BJ Penn. Right. Thanks. Um, <laughs> but on to the rest of the UFC 268 because, you know, we're, we're getting some verbal diarrhea on Frankie and to Tommy's got a boner. <laughs> all right. So we're going to open it up the same way the UFC opened it up. And it's not because we have to go back and get our other fighter ready. It's because, honestly, I can't wait to talk about this fight. <laughs> Bro, people were sitting. People were calling it the best first round in history. I, I I'm hard it's up there, but I'm hard pressed to say more. that because there's been some fucking crazy fights in the history of the sport. Um, and it, we always have this whole thing where we fall victim to the right now, right now, right mm -hmm. now, whatever just happened right now. Oh my it, god! It opened up the main card with a bang, and I thought it was a, a unique opportunity for the UFC to kind of piggyback off the fact that Trevor Whitman had every single fighter fighting on the main card where they had to pick one of the fights. It couldn't be one of the title fights and move it to the beginning because he had to separate himself a little bit. Between Shout out to Trevor Whitman. You know, Bro. he's like Ali. He just, he collects the best. Is he, is he now he's been in it for a long time. I remember seeing Trevor Whitman help coach on the ultimate fighter several different times. I never took him as a guy that I, I like, I always look at him like, Oh, you know, eh, Eh, but look, Trevor Whitman gets it done proof out in there. The, pudding. the proof is out there, in the and he's been doing it for a long time. I compare him the same way I feel about Greg Jackson. Since day one, I felt about Whitman, where I've just never been on board and never liked him. I will say this: I I feel validated in not liking Greg Jackson over time, and well, I and I feel like I need to eat my words on the Trevor Whitman thing. Because but my thing is, do you do you dislike? Greg Jackson because of Mike Winklejohn because I liked Greg Jackson before it was Jackson Wink. I liked Greg Jackson when it was like the very very early days of yeah. PS so no GSP. no Winklejohn. Once Winklejohn got there, it became like very but watered once, down. Once, with Dojo. once the whole thing happened with Rashad and John mm -hmm. Jones, I lost a lot of respect. That, that but I, from what I've been told from the insiders out in New Mexico, that's Mike Winklejohn. Well, fair enough, but somebody like Greg Jackson allowing that to happen when he already had an established uh, situation going on over there, uh, you know, I've just never typically rooted for any of their fighters because I've always had a different dog in the race. I've yeah. always been on Diaz. I've been on, you know, like, it just wasn't on that side of things. So understanding at that at one point it was where it was. It right. was the AKA or it was the... Um, the Militich... Yeah, it was yeah. the it was the premier school right. in, in the world. If right not. now it's it's right now it's Trevor Whitman and well, you can make the case for um for American Top Team as well. So you can, but look at in Trevor terms Whitman of right just now. the head coaching situation. Yeah. Whitman, it's Whitman. And and here's so listen, we, we last week we talked about and what Michael Chandler said, you know, 
I'm going to be coming forward. I'm not. He, he was a man of his word. Um, whenever somebody tries to argue with me and tell me that Rocky movies are bullshit because that's not how a real fight goes, this is one of those fights that I always send them. What do you mean it's not how a real fight goes? Watch this. Those two beat the living shit out of each other. Chandler drops Gaethje. Gaethje drops Chandler. The one takedown attempt that fucking Chandler, or uh, Gaethje does a, a fucking cartwheel through. Holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah, dude, the um, the uppercut that, oh my God. that Chandler <laughs> didn't get knocked out by. I have two people that had texted me like, they bet the finish. All they needed was was Gaethje by KO. And dude, I think I think Scoop actually is one of them where he had a huge parlay. Everything else would have hit if if he would have just put him down with that shot. But little did he know that Michael Chandler is a fucking zombie, and those two j just don't want to go down. N neither one will get knocked out. Um, and Gaethje looks like nothing happened to his face. Yeah, there's something wrong with him in that way. <laughs> like I, I I don't understand it. Now look, I thought it. It was a good first round, but overall, the fight wasn't that close. I, I think Gaethje completely annihilated him through and through. You know what made it look? You know what made it close was, and I'm not. I agree with you, Gaethje won. But what made it look close was when Chandler landed. He landed with malice, and he actually would rock Gaethje back, and yeah. then Gaethje would just come walking forward. Like it was nothing. Like you said, like they're both, they're two zombies. The UFC should probably pay these guys a hell of a lot of money because they brought it. Oh, yeah. But look, not very, very good for the long term health, but very, very good Chandler's for. Chandler's been doing it his whole career. Yeah, I know. But you got to imagine that eventually doing it at this level. That shit adds up. Well, I mean, by the time they're 60, they're probably not going to realize that they're, you know, they're men. They're yeah. going to look down and go, what's that? Like, they're, they're not going to know what the fuck is going on. Um, what's next for each fighter? Obviously, I know what's next for, for Gaethje. He's going to get the winner of the Dustin and um, and Dubronx Oliveira fight. What's next for Chandler? Honestly? I want to see Connor. Chandler and Connor is no, what everybody's look, talking about. I want to see it. Look. I don't want anything to do with. I'm not going to acknowledge Connor at all until he's cleared. A yeah, but and I want to see it because Chandler's not going to shoot for his life. He's going to give Connor the fight that oh, Connor wants. First of all, no, he's not. And and honestly, does Dustin did Dustin Poyego really go out there and like shoot on Connor the way in the first fight he knocked him out? Yeah, too. You know what though, Chandler and Connor they're they're almost like the the same side. Like I think look, that I am I refuse to I refuse to inject Connor McGregor into this episode right now. So let's talk about guys. That How are, is it that I'm talking about Connor in a positive? Let's light? let's talk wow. about let's talk about guys that are realistically in line to possibly fight Michael Chandler in three months. Right in three months time, four months time, when Chandler's looking to get back in there, who's there? And honestly, I don't know that he's going to fight a guy coming off of a loss, but there is a fight that I believe is the fight that's going to take place, and that's Khabib guy, Islam Makachev, against a guy like Michael Chandler because, look, both guys are willing to strike. Both guys think that their wrestling is better than each other's. And even though Chandler's coming off of a loss, he is he's just coming off of another title Nobody shot. Nobody lost that fight. Yeah, exactly. Nobody. So look, you're, We talked about... How you were saying that, you know, Gaethje deserved that shot, right? Sometimes the MMA universe writes itself completely. 
Piotr Jan won the Sanhagen fight. Bold rightfully getting his his spot. Justin Gaethje rightfully getting his title defense or his his shot at the title again. So Islam uh, Mahakashev and Michael Chandler would be a good fight because realistically, Islam's going to be in in line for a title shot after his next win. Michael Chandler is a big name coming off probably one, the best fight of 2021. You're, there's nobody that's going to tell me there's any different. There was no better fight than that because of the nonstop action from bell to bell. So Chandler will take that fight because it'll be a it'll be a money fight. Yeah. Without a doubt. Oh, Chandler will take that fight because obviously he's... Khabib guy's got a rocket up his ass, so what better way than to get back in, right into the mix, which obviously he's still in the mix, even though he's lost to two of the top four guys now. So Chandler, he while he's in the mix, the one guy that everybody's talking about as the next big thing, I think it would be a gift from the UFC to get that fight. Yeah. Honestly, he would take it in a heartbeat and run with it. I don't see a, a better offer on the table for him. And when it comes to um, Makachev, still have a hard time remembering that it's not Cosmach. I, I, I'll never get that right. And if they ever put them on the same card again, God forbid, I won't, <laughs> I'll just, we will cancel the podcast that week. But uh, Khabib guy, even though Chandler's coming off a loss, it would be, again, the biggest win of his career. Both guys disposed of Hooker rather easily. So yeah. it's, I just think that it, all signs are pointing towards this fight. And um, Good. I'm I'm here for it, but they're probably going to give Chandler like almost a year to recover from that. Yeah, but I don't know, man. I I think that strike while the iron's hot. You're you're Chandler. You need a, a time to recover. But I don't think that he's got many major injuries in that fight. He walked away like he looked pretty good. Um, I know his calf is going to be jacked. One hundred. Yeah, those those. I mean, the calf kicks were the story of the night. We're, we'll, we'll touch on this because we are very, very short on time and we still have two big fights. But I know dead leg Billy Quarantillo somehow finished that fight where you're giving me an attitude. Is that what you're ha what's happening? Look at the clock on the fucking on the board, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. How long do you think the podcast should be? Seven hours. All right. This is not the fucking pride rules. <laughs> we would sit there for three and a half hours. Unbelievably pointless. So... um. Billy Quarantillo dead leg, the probably the worst I've ever seen. I'm surprised that the doctor didn't come in. That's what I'm saying. Like the they, they didn't stop it. You could see he was like flopping on that foot. But I, the way he was fighting back, I guess there's really no way that you could stop it. Yeah. Because uh Sugar Show couldn't even stand. Yeah. And they didn't stop it. With the Sugar Show fight? They they stopped it due to strikes. Uh, but he fell, got mounted. Yeah, he then, could, he couldn't yeah. even stand Billy. Billy was shooting for takedowns and going for leg locks. Yeah, um, and you know, shout out to Shane Burgos because he needed that win. I think if he did not get that win, all right, he might have been getting cut. Times up on the Billy Quarantillo and Shane Burgos fight. Um, so now we got the main event and the co-main. Uh, first, we're going to break down the Thug Rose Whaley Zhang Whaley fight. Went about according to plan as, as far as i saw it i thought that fight was going to go exactly how it went i didn't see uh did you pick jang Lee in this one i did she looked good early um i think that there was really no moments in the fight where, where rose was ever at risk there was one good shot that she landed but besides that i, 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 thought about was, I, I said jang was going to win by decision and she was out 
disappointing, Rose, but look, Trevor Whitman, he knows what he's doing in that corner. You you heard what he was saying to her. Once once Rose turns on that switch, yeah. There's and no it, turning and back. And it was a fairly competitive fight. I'll give I'll give you that. But um as far as the night goes, uh it was very very uneventful in terms of how the rest of the night went. So it was a good fight, but when you're watching even the Billy Quarantillo and Burgos fight, uh, shame on me for bringing it up again, but uh, e- both of those fights, like the, other than other than those fights, the crazy it was one of the craziest nights of fights that I've seen. So on another night, those fights would have been like a banger of a card. You know, mm-hmm. Rose and Wang Zhe that wasn't great, but the other fight, it was just coming on the heels of the fucking... Yeah, how do you... First of all, how do you follow... So Frankie had to follow Burgos. Burgos had to follow Michael Chandler. Yeah. And Michael Chandler... Had to follow six fucking knockouts. Yeah, so that was that was a we all went on that, but it was it. Look, it was a good fight. Uh, Zhang, you could tell she worked on a lot of the stuff that she needed to work on. She's starting to evolve more now. Um, I think the the evolving has to go here more in her head than her skill set. Just from listening to what the commentators are saying, like. Her team had to um, had to play a crowd booing while she was training because she said that the crowd that was booing during her first fight with Rose was getting to her. Like that's that's kind of crazy to me um, to to think that a fighter would actually have to do that, get used to hearing boos. You know, when you're you're coming from one country to another one, like I, I would think that you would expect that, but and that's the least of my issues. Um, or hers. If if you're in a fight and you got to worry about the other, the, you know, the opponents booing you, then you shouldn't be in the in the fight. Yeah, that's that's what. Like I said, it was kind of. But look, we don't. We're advocates for mental health here, and the two all of right, them all right, have. Look, you're missing the point entirely. Um, mental health and and the ability. Look, I'm, I'm not saying that there isn't issues there, but in in terms of, it's not somebody else's responsibility in the fight game to worry about their opponent's mental situation going into a fight. So I, I don't, I understand where you're going. Um, she needs help in the, in the mental department maybe, but that's, that's not, I don't know that coaching is going to change that. Like MMA coaching is, they shouldn't be there to, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but why are we talking about this? What were we talking about? It was a factor from the first fight. I think factor going through her training for this fight. All right. Fair point. I think the only real question that we could ask after a fight like this is, do you put Thug Rose in the same class of fighter that you would put Amanda Nunes or a Valentina Shevchenko yet. yet? Not yet. Correct. That's what I said. If you listen to the Daily Show today. I shut it off when you guys started talking about MMA because I didn't want to reiterate any of the same fucking points that was being used on the Daily Show. That's not the MMA show. So you have any idea how to market a podcast? Because you certainly don't know how to market this one, but that's besides the this. point, I was right? So what we do is we talk MMA on The Daily Show because it's, guess what? It's sports. We have no obligation to let us talk about it. Newsflash, I'm on both shows. I have to treat each show like its own entity. And then when I talk MMA on The Daily Show, guess what? Wow. I get to plug the MMA show. And you say, hey, guys, mm-hmm. for more on this, if you want to hear more, plus my idiot fucking co-host Tommy's <laughs> opinion on this, then tune in every Tuesday or Wednesday slash Thursday afternoon, depending on when I no, decide dickhead. to fucking course, edit it. Of course I listened. 
and I heard what you had said. But I mean, I feel the same way. You can't you can't put them up there after one defense because she lost yeah, exactly, the doctor already. Exactly. So we're going to move past that since we both agree and there's nothing to argue about here, which is unfortunate. <laughs> we're going to go to the main event. All right. Colby, Dave's buddy, Colby Covington against Kamaru, 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 <laughs> Usman. All right. So another Trevor Whitman fighter. I mean, there's really not. <laughs> he's the best pound for pound fighter in the world. I'm going to answer the question. I'm not going to even ask it because there's really no debate in my mind. I don't know that there was going into this fight. I don't think that there has been for about a year or so now. You say, you see, now I'm going to take a line from you. If you're going to say pound for pound, looking at it in a vacuum, if he laps the division but doesn't move up, how is he the best? I agree. Pound? I agree. I agree. I have, I have issue with that as well. But when you look around the MMA world currently, unless you're going to say Amanda Nunes, there's nobody else. No, there's simply no. no nobody else because name me a fighter that's currently active right now that has moved up and won. You know, Adesanya moved up and tried. John Jones moved up and DC hasn't, but DC moved down and lost. You get what I'm saying? So there's a there's a weird element there. I think. I think um, you understand what I'm getting at, right? Yeah. And not only that, he didn't really finish on top. It's not like, and DC's not active. So what the fuck are you talking about? Again, oh. I just said, name me an active fighter. You could have named Cejudo and it would have been better than naming DC because at least he was like current in both. Well, Next. I mean, DC just lost, what, two years ago? But you understand what I'm getting I, at. I, know, I do know what you mean. Right. There hasn't been a fighter that that came in and did what Connor did and won two belts and retained, even though he didn't defend. Um, <laughs> I said retained, and I couldn't even fucking keep a straight face. But yeah, I mean Usman, it was a good fight. Yeah, uh, I mean, look, man, we said this before. It's it's Kamaru Usman, and right now it's Kamaru Usman and everybody else. You know, he's beaten the top guys that are in that division already. I think the only one that he hasn't fought is Kamzat, and I don't think that Kamzat was even in the mix because of how long he was out for. I mean, he's definitely in the mix now, and it's because of a lack of other guys. It's because of a, a situation where he's lapped the division, where even a Leon Edwards who's in line, and he's definitely going to get the next title shot, 100%, if he beats Masvidal, right. it's Leon Edwards through and through. Uh when you have a division like this where one fighter has been so dominant, it takes some of the shine off of a lot of the other guys. And anytime a guy like Kamzat comes along, he's not going to have to win many to get a shot because nobody's excited for Usman versus anyone's three. Right. You know, it's just, I don't want to see anybody and, else. And, you know, I think it's good the way that we've seen Usman evolve as the sport has evolved because a lot of these got like a lot of these wrestlers will just stand on the wrestling laurels and. And that's it. So if you remember back on the, the Ultimate Fighter when he was in the Black Zillion, he was just a straight wrestler. Then he started working with the hands a little bit. Then he left the Black Zillions and he's with Trevor Whitman. And he's just as comfortable on the feet as he is going for a takedown. That's a dangerous, dangerous guy. Yeah. Um, I think truly, truth be told, I don't know that there's going to be anybody in welterweight because I think his best fight at the division his, his toughest fight is Colby. And maybe Kamzat comes along and he's something special, but I need to see more out of a guy like that. Colby, you know, Colby had to fight a lot more fights to get a title shot. All these guys, there was just a different time, I guess. 
Uh, I don't know. It's it's Colby it's a, with this fight. Colby gained a lot more fans. Um, and I'm not just talking about at the end, which was pretty awesome. I'm just talking about the fight. The itself. realization that Colby's a real deal fighter. Yeah, dropped the first two rounds in my mind, and then stormed back and won three and four in my mind, clear. And then I'm not sure what the what the one scorecard. I thought that was a. Um, forty-eight, forty-seven, through and through on that card. I don't know why. Why they there's always that one. There's always course, that one, right? Of course. You know? But you know, shout out to Usman too because even he had to battle back because I thought you know with the momentum going into the fifth round, it was like ooh, you know, this is close. This is going to be tough. And Colby overcoming the adversity, getting dropped. I thought the fight was going to end there. Tough dude, um, broke character a little bit at the end and and gave. I had some nice words. I, I understand. But then as soon as the post-fight presser came, he was back in, in Colby chaotic form. Even though he's one of the worst shit talkers, it's like the shtick is so bad it's good type deals. Yeah. Right? But he was accusing Usman of, of taking steroids, which <laughs> yeah. another story for another day. I don't necessarily disagree with it, but there's no reason to – there's no proof. There's no evidence of it. i just saying, like, the eye test, guy looks like he's on something. You, you might be right. I, I, and look, and look. <laughs> if he's not, compliment to him because if he's not, and he looks that way, I just, I just think he, he's that good of a competitor. And you know, yeah, he was like, my face needs to grow <laughs> one inch around. Colby, so he's doing face muscle exercises. Yeah, Colby has always had one of the best gas tanks for, especially for that division. Um, he, he doesn't seem to get tired. You know, and, and this is also when he's throwing people around inside there you know it's, it's, it's expending a lot of energy and look man I, I know he's dave's buddy doing the old air quotes again dave what do i see for colby next i i don't know it's one of these things where you talk yourself into a situation and and now there's just nowhere else for him to land Masvidal, if Masvidal loses to Leon Edwards, is there, are they going to settle the beef like Masvidal coming off of 11 straight losses? I don't even think there's real beef either. I just think they're too... I don't believe anything anymore. Oh, well, that's a given. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I guess, truth truth be told, I wouldn't mind seeing Colby against Kamzat. I wouldn't mind seeing that either. And, and I love... But they're not going to give that fight to... Like, Kamzat doesn't get that fight because they don't... They want to give him a Nate Diaz because it's a, a name builder but an easier fight than Colby. But I, and I love Masvidal, but I think Colby out... Oh, yeah. He does, he does shit out of him. And no offense to Masvidal, but he's... You know, it's, it's time on him as well, probably. As oh, you think about all a, those streets. You got you to gotta wonder how much... How many years off his career the streets fights took, right? Yeah. You know, I know he did that when he was younger, but no rules, no gloves. Once we start talking about Jorge Masvidal's street fighting career on like the on the second, the beginning of the second hour of recording, that's how you know the show is over. You just can't wait to end this. No, I can wait to end it. I'm just not going to wait. And I don't know why you make it seem like me trying to end it. Like I'm, I want you to understand how podcasting and producing a show works. Like. Just trying to fit it in a time frame and then sometimes we talk a little long on certain things so then you have to cut other things short in general we tend to have talked long on everything today so now i'm cutting the rest of it short so for myself and tommy <laughs> d over at the chop sports network chop studios 
Flippin' Made Easy Studios. Tommy's got some plugs. Tommy, do your plugs. All right, everybody. Head on over to www.fightbookmma.com for all of your combat sports and pro wrestling needs. Every Thursday, sitting ringside with owner and president of Fightbook MMA, Roberto Villa, producer Rudy Lara, and the shitster Dave Rodriguez. Listen to them every single Thursday on Fightbook MMA's Facebook page and YouTube. All right. Excellent job, Tommy. Great show. Now hit the button. Nope. Yep. I would have fucking bet a billion dollars that you would have hit the wrong button. That's how you know it's been a bad week for me. Everything that I touch goes to shit. Right? Thank you.